Welcome in everyone to the State 48 podcast. I'm your host Lisa Matthews bringing you all things AZ and today on the podcast we have Miss Zuzette, the queen of the airwaves here in Phoenix for <laughs> 104.7 KISS FM, iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank I you know for you're having a me. fan and a friend of State 48 so we love that. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I am um, excited to be here. Me siento muy I'm excited. We're going to vibe. I already know that. We already feel like familia here. So I always like to start off for people listening in a quick little game to get to know you a little better. Okay. Okay. So don't be nervous. Mm. It's really simple. Right. First question. It's finish the sentence or fill in the blank. Okay. We don't even have a name for this yet. I just go with it. That's good enough. All right. Ready? When I was younger, I wanted to be... I wanted to be, um, man, I just wanted to be well off to be able to take care of my mom. Mm. That's all I wanted. I saw her work so hard that all I wanted was to be able to have enough money so that she never had to work again. Already making <laughs> us cry. We already talked about it. We're going to cry yeah, today. We cry. already know that. Yeah. But wow. I'm a llorona. It me is, too. Yeah. It is fine. what it is. <laughs> it's in our blood. All right. A classic song I still jam out to is? A classic song? Oh, you know, I stay on the new stuff all the time. The new new. I do stay on the new new. But when I go back, I'm going to have to take it back to, like, you know, stuff that my mom and my dad listened mm. to. So, oof. Ramon Ayala. Um, the old school. Yeah. Sergio Vega. Intocable. Yeah. Like, all that. Anything that brings me back. Um, to my roots in my childhood, it's just feel good for me. It just me. hits different. It hits it's different. It's like you put it on yeah. when you're cleaning, mm-hmm. right? Selena, <laughs> Selena Quintanilla. Yes. It's like that's the stuff I go to every time. I love it. All right. Something that would surprise you about me is? I, I literally just mentioned this to you guys. I am the most patient person in the world. Give me advice, please. <laughs> You Tell know, us more. <laughs> I didn't even realize this about myself um, until I had my baby boy. But, you know, with I feel like with um, Mexican families, Hispanic families, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot that goes on. There's different personalities. And uh, stepping outside of myself, I've noticed that I'm the one that has kept it kept it cool the mm-hmm. entire time in, in the midst of the chaos and I'm finally realizing that about myself, especially with my baby boy, seeing everyone get overstimulated and, and losing their patience. I'm just like, just cool, calm, and collected. And I didn't realize that about myself. Wow. Give me some of that. <laughs> like, I need like a three, two, one, breathe moments. I got three kids, though. So you times yeah. that patience, it gets lower and lower. Maybe when I have more. No, but that's we'll such see. a beautiful trait to have, honestly, especially with children. Mm. I always try, obviously, I don't want to be a reactive parent, but I find myself reacting yeah. in like such like a, you know, like you said, like dramatic almost way. And mm. I, also, I also had a lot of people that, the people that didn't know me would see me and be like, oh, we thought you were so mean that like if we said anything, you would pop off. And I'm like... I don't want to give off that vibe, but they were like, no, once we meet you, you She's are not straight like that. chola up in here. I mean, when you walked in, I was like, damn. <laughs> I, I guess I, I like the chola style. <laughs> Definitely don't act like a chola. I love it. I love it. Well, we have to talk more about that. We'll get in. I mean, you're a mom, all the things that obviously comes with it. It's um, part of your story. So we'll talk more. All right. Next question. My biggest fear is. Mm. 
my biggest fear is just losing everyone that I love. Mm. I think I am so attached to my family and my friends. We have such a close circle of friends and family that, um, and, I, and we're getting older and I'm seeing my parents getting older. And so as time goes on, yeah. that has become my fear. It's like, oh, one day, you know, I'm not going to see them anymore. Or who knows, like one day I won't be here. So just the um, thought of losing them, which I know it's part of life, yeah, is terrifying to me. Yeah, we literally were talking about this in our morning meeting. Well, just a hint of this. Nico, mm-hmm. do you want to interject in that? <laughs> I I, I, that's different. I feel like that's a lot different. different what I was yeah. talking about is like, I just don't personally have any fear of death. Right. So like I'm not inevitable. afraid. It's not, it's inevitable. Right. Yeah. But now yeah. the idea of you still being alive, but you've lost everybody else that I'm not that, okay. yeah. I guess I don't think about that as often, but yeah. that's a, that's a legit thing for you sure. Know, I never had a, uh, a fear of, of death with myself until I had a baby boy. Oof. Because back Same. then I was like, you know, if I go, I go. I, I, I feel like I've tried doing everything right. Um, I don't have any regrets. But now that I've got a dependent, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I, I got to be here. Yeah, I got to be here for him. I guess when I and we have a child, essentially, I'll probably feel quite a bit different about that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's I will want so someone to true. depend on me. I was like the girl that would go skydiving. Same. I've been all over. I would yes. fly 10 hours, whatever, like a bump. What Now I have to like, I'm like shaking on planes. Oh. I am like the big, and I would watch my Nana and my mom be like that and mm-hmm. be like, you guys are so dramatic. You yes. know, I'm like whatever, yes. like nothing's gonna happen to us. And now ever since I had kids, it's gotten worse and worse. Like my anxiety is. is so much because I'm like, dang, I have some, I have like a lot to live for. Mm-hmm. Not that anything else wasn't but it's so different with a child oh yeah and now i've turned into like the biggest <laughs> at times I, I think about all the things that i did yes. in my 20s and i'm like oh my gosh i was just like living dangerously Ooh. like i can't i can't believe Same. i have to let my kid do that now no, <laughs> you know? father, son. but yeah i feel that anxiety <laughs> and that stress too and and I'm, that's something that i'm currently working on because i don't want to live my life like that right i feel like i've always Same. been stressed and now it got to an, a level that it's not healthy to live that way. Right. No, absolutely. Mm. Should we just go skydiving after this? <laughs> just just plan some it. adventure. Just get, you know, like yeah. fear factor in. <laughs> Moms, take on fear factor. It's true. It's you need true. it. Um, I thought you were going to say, I, th- I heard you're afraid of cats. Oh, I am afraid of cats. <laughs> I, like, I'm afraid. I don't consider them like my fear. Okay. But I'm, uh, I'm terrified. Scared of them. Yeah. Like, I rather, it's so crazy. I just, I, had nightmares about cats and i feel Mm. like when we look at each other we just don't have that connection connection. like yeah and we're just like "Mm -hmm, we're gonna stay away from each other (laughs) and yeah you're cool over there i'm cool over here there's something about me and cats that i wonder so you've had dreams i wonder if that like have you googled that you know i haven't googled it have you had an experience like have you had something that happened at all it's just a never never had anything there is a, a friend that has a cat and that cat tries to come around me all the time and they're like he likes you like he really likes you and i'm like that's cool but so i have been a cat dad at one point in my life and Uh i am currently as well um but the i found that cats like all the people that tell me that they don't like cats or whatever um mike is one of those people i feel like it's just a level of patience like you have to be so it's funny that you say that you're very Mm, patient but now you don't like cats because i feel like with cats you actually have to like warm up to them essentially Mm -hmm. um you know, like they want you to want them as to where like a dog just wants 
to be there for you the whole time. Yeah. You know what Interesting. I mean? But Kat is like, oh, hey, no, you gotta, you gotta work. You gotta work for this a little bit too. So you know, it's, interesting. it's funny. They seem like they like they're skeptical. Like they're like, yeah. mm, which I'm the same way. Yeah. So maybe mm. we're both like, mm. yeah. So in real life, you're, you're a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the plot twist. Yes, I think it might. Okay, I did look it up. I did look it up. However, there's a lot of different meanings. What are the cats doing in your dreams? There, <laughs> we could go different routes here. <laughs> So the, it was a recurring dream. I had it all the time when I was younger. Oh. I would be asleep and a cat would lay on my face. It would like circle my face. It would lay down. And for some reason, I couldn't move in my sleep and I'd suffocate to death. Okay. A little darker than I, I was. Maybe pre- stay away from cats. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, not going to read what this means. <laughs> yeah. So there is something weird. I I feel like I'm not going to like the results of the, the meaning of the dream. Bad. So that's why I've never Googled it. And I Google all my dreams. Yeah, me too. But this just means that you are not tapping into your feminine energy enough. Maybe you're suffocating yourself from that. I'm just trying to twist this a little bit. As we take another turn on the State 48 podcast. (laughs) Always. What question am I on? Okay. (laughs) This is what makes it fun, you know? It is. It really is. Like tangents of cats and dreams. (laughs) You never had that dream again? It was only when you were a kid? It was when I was younger, yeah. I think it stopped like middle school time. Interesting. Very interesting. You're basically... So you're Catwoman, right? I, because like Batman is afraid of bats, so he becomes Batman. Like that's why he chooses the bats. He's aspect. figured this out for yeah. you. <laughs> I think we, I am Catwoman. Do, yeah, you might be. I wish I had the body of Catwoman. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, so <laughs> no. Um, okay, here we go. My top three priorities are back on the train track. My family. Well, my house. My family. And my career. In that yeah. order? In that order. You, you flipped it, okay. I flipped it because I can't be there for my family if I'm not here for myself. So. That part. I like that. Okay, my favorite song on the radio right now is... Ooh. <laughs> um, I hear all of them a million times. I know. Uh, right now, Dua Lipa, Dance the Night. That's off the soundtrack of the Barbie movie because it's an upbeat, fun summer song. Okay. And every time I hear it, and I talk into it, I take off my headphones, and I'm just... It, if you would see me by myself in the studio, you would think I'm nuts. You would think I'm crazy. I think we need, like, you just need to have a camera <laughs> there because I'm always interested. It's like unveil what happens, you know. On and off air. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. But I'm also, like, you know, eating my hot Cheetos and, like... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, your fingers are red, your hair's in a bun. I'm, like, like picking my nose. <laughs> Nobody's there with me, so I'm comfortable, and you know I do what I gotta do, and I'm multitasking. But it would be fun, yeah, to like record one day what it's like. It's so interesting to me because we were discussing off camera. I've been in the media industry for like ten years, but that is a space that I just don't even know. It's mm-hmm. just so unknown to me. So I love to hear more about the functionality. Like, what does a typical typical day look like for you? But obviously, before leading into that, I want to know how you got into this industry as well. Oh, man. Well, I've been in this industry for 10 years, which is crazy because it doesn't feel like it. But it started in Tucson. So I'm from Tucson, born and raised. And when I was in high school, I think it all started, it really all started with my mom. Um, She was a single parent Mm -hmm. and she worked so much. She had multiple jobs. So I adapted that from her and I've always been such a hard worker Mm -hmm. 
never the brightest in the room, but always the hardest worker. And even when I was in high school, I joined like student council and I was working hard, putting events together and all that. Yeah. So one of the things that I did to make you know, high school a lot more enjoyable was reach out to the radio station and ask them to come DJ our football tailgates or our lunches for our spirit weeks and our pep rallies. And thankfully, um, they were very kind and they always showed up for free. And that was like some of the community things that they did. And they DJed and I kept in touch with um, one of the DJs there that was just always like, hey, you know, I have extra tickets to this show. I have this, I have that. So we... We kept that uh, friendship. Uh, at a high school, I started w working at In-N-Out Burger. I was Yum. in school. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, they, they work you. It's a great job, yes. but it's, it's a lot of work. And I had, I think at the time I had three jobs and I was at the U of A. When he reached out to me, it had been probably like two years that I had heard from him. And he was like, hey, I have a position available at the radio station. It's part-time, minimum wage. We just need someone that, you know, show up in the morning, responsible enough to show up in the morning. Um, 4 a.m., you'll probably be done oh, by like 10. And I was like, oh, I, I can make that work, you know. Add another, I wasn't planning on quitting my other jobs, but I was like, I can add that one on so I can pay for school. Wow. Um, and I, I did. I started working at the radio station. I liked it so much that I was there. Um, before and after school and anytime I had um, that I wasn't working I was there and they were just like okay she wants to work let's give her this let's give her that I started kind of tapping into all the different departments at the radio station and my uh, my boss that gave me the opportunity he's like all right I'm gonna put you on air on a Sunday morning just so you can practice and I did not want the spotlight. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I'll do anything else. I'll clean out that closet if you need me to. <laughs> like, please don't. And he's wow. like, no, I need I need someone on air and I'm going to train you. And I had no experience. He was just like, come on, I'm going to work with you. So he did. And we ended up having so much fun together on air. Um, and it really felt like every other month I was getting promoted. And next thing you know, I'm being asked to move to Phoenix to be on 104.7 KISS FM, which is such a leg legendary station. And I, I couldn't believe it. It all happened so fast. But it wasn't what I was um, looking for. I, it was something that I actually didn't want. I didn't want the spotlight. I wanted to do everything behind the scenes. But uh, they had different plans for me, and, and it worked out. I ended up, you know, really enjoying what wow. I was doing. I love that. Yeah. That is so – he obviously saw something in you. He did. He did, because when – um. When he wanted to hire me, I met his boss, and he wasn't too sure. He was like, I don't know if she really fits in. And he fought for me. He was like, she's, she's got it. She can do it. I promise you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people in that building were uh, not happy about how fast I was moving up in, mm -hmm. in the industry. But he, he just vouched for me and he worked with me. So wow. I, I owe it to him a lot. <laughs> That's amazing. What was that like for you, you know, being so raw mm -hmm. in the industry and just being raw on the mic and all of that? How much did you learn and grow just being kind of thrown into the mix of things? I, I was soaking it all in. I, I've always been the type of person that I, I'm going to continue learning. I'm never going to be good enough. I, there's always room for improvement. So for me, I took it all in. And at that time, you know, this, I was probably 19, 20. I didn't hear what anybody else was saying. Mm -hmm. All the naysayers was not a thing for me. Wow. And uh, I wish I had that now. <laughs> I had that now. Well, 
this generation wouldn't that be yes. nice if everyone just kind of stayed locked in and not listen to everyone else around right them. and social media was around but it wasn't as big right. as it it's is Facebook. now it was yeah <laughs> it was like we were uh, our myspace no yeah. that was a little before <laughs> that was a little before yeah but it wasn't um a big part of the industry right like it is now like mm -hmm. now you know social media is part of our job too mm -hmm. so it was um it was just exciting for me to to do something fun you know to not flip burgers or whatever like i was just like i'll do whatever i'll, I'll learn whatever just you know give me a chance and yeah. i and i took it and i ran with it so what was that moment like for you when you kind of realized wow like this is much bigger than i intended it to be right like you wanted to be that girl in the back or maybe producer role or something mm -hmm. of that sort but when did you kind of realize that you could truly take off with this i think the moment i realized like oh my gosh this is big this is like you know bigger than me was probably when i got asked to join the john jane rich morning show mm -hmm. because to me i was just you know this tucson girl that was doing her thing on the radio you know talking in between songs but when a show with that status um in multiple cities that is considered you know iconic i was like what why me? You know, like, what, what, what do you want? That's when I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing something here. And I got really nervous. I was just, I almost wanted to shut down, but I was like, mm. put my big girl pants on yes. and let's do it. You know, <laughs> let's try it out. You know, I haven't, uh, I haven't given up. So that show is iconic. I mean, that's like my high school memories turning on one Oh four seven and yeah. hearing like all the, all the different calls and the craziness, the craziness. What was it like working with them? It was, uh, I learned a lot, but it was wild. The The schedule is crazy, which was something that was really hard for me to get used to. I never really got used to it because I'm such a nightlife person. And waking up at 2, 3 in the morning was just like oh no, insane. But it was a crazy ride. It was fun. It was, it had its up and downs, you know, like some days were good, some days weren't. Um, but the impact that that show has is what made me love radio so much more. The reach that it has, um, you know, being little girls that are Latinas, being able to like, yeah. you know, be like, I can, I can do it because I see you doing it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that wasn't even, you know, what I was trying to do, but the impact meant everything for me. Wow. That's true. It's mm -hmm. so true. <laughs> I love that. For you, when you were working at John Jay and Rich, what are some good stories? I love some stories from the the radio experiences. Lady Law gave us some some good background on that. Yeah, because you guys meet and interact with so many people. Oh, so many. Yeah, I mean, there. How about who is um your favorite interview that you've ever gotten to do? My favorite interview. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't such a like an A lister. It wasn't a big celebrity, but. I think the realest for me, I've never been a, a small talk type of person. Um, and sometimes, you know, these artists are doing interviews to to promote their their music or whatever they have coming out, which is, you know, totally fine. We're we're working together on that. Um, but the realest conversation I had that left such an impact with me was with Bryson Tiller, mm. such an introvert. And now I'm such an introvert so shy and he's incredibly shy but we got deep into our conversation um even things that i think he shared with me that he didn't want out there but he felt comfortable just in the conversation and uh i've i've kind of held on to that um audio and just put it away and didn't really air like the the meaningful yeah. stuff because i felt like you know he 
it, there was a moment where he was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm saying too much or yeah. this is, you know, something that I probably don't want out there. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. I respect that. We, we aired what, um, you know, he wanted promoted and all that, but just that meaningful conversation was the coolest to me with, wow. you know, with the amount of interviews that we do. Yeah. I mean, who else have you interviewed? Like, give us a list. Oh man. Oh, there's, uh, I mean, it's been Sean Paul, uh, Ella Cool J, um, Kelly Uchis. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of like recent ones. I did see that one. Yeah. There's just been so many in 10 years. You know, it's it, There's a yeah. big gap because of the pandemic. Like it all kind of like calmed down since then. Yeah. But I, but before then it was just like interview after interview after interview, which you know, it was kind of hard to prep for because you, you want to personalize every single one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How did you kind of craft that? Not having any, you know, when you were in school, what were you studying? Mm. Was it journalism? No, I actually went in for film. Okay. I wanted to do film. I wanted to be a, a director, a camera, okay. some, holding the camera, whatever, anything behind the scenes. We have another film student here in the room and it's not me. Hey. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you kind of just craft, I guess, I mean, interviewing is a skill set, a craft. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people go to school to get the job that you now have. So yeah. was it a lot of just learning as you go? Oh, and yes. Rapid fire. That's really what it was. Um, my mentor, my boss in Tucson was really the one that kind of taught me everything. Um, but then, you know, moving to Phoenix, like I was away from him. So I had to learn my ways and what worked for me and my personality was not really craft the interview, but just let it be real and mm. raw mm -hmm. and just let it go places where you weren't planning yeah. it would go. Um, that's when I, that's when you see a, a shift in celebrities. Cause I feel like they're always, especially artists, they're just so ready to get asked the same questions. Right. And then they're just, you can see it in their face. They're like, all right, you know, this is part of the job. I'm just doing it. But when you throw random things at them or or deep meaningful conversations that's when they're like oh okay like i'll, I'll talk about this yeah. you know i haven't talked about this and it's like a new months. level of a conversation yeah. yeah that's the type of of conversations that i like with the artists because they're still human absolutely you know i'm not treating them like they're just a product like mm -hmm. you know tell me how you really are from a scale one to ten like how happy are you at this moment yeah. things like that and it really gets them in their in their feels mm -hmm. and i like that who have you been nervous to interview who have I been nervous to interview? You know, I, I wasn't doing the the interview, but I was in the room and I was extremely nervous. <laughs> and I wasn't even <laughs> going to interview this person, but I was such a big fan. And it was Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I was completely shocked by how humble really? he is. Mm. I He was coming up at the time, but a... Compared to all the art artists that, you know, we had interviewed and I had seen others interview, he was uh, the realist to mm -hmm. me. And since that day, he became my favorite artist. I think, too, what's super cool about what you do is you see these artists coming up and mm -hmm. you're giving them that platform and they're probably just as nervous. They're newer in the game or whatever it might be. And then you see them reach that stardom. So, you're yeah, you become a fan of who they are as a person. Yes, right? yes. That meant everything to me with uh, Kendrick Lamar because he was really... Um, he didn't come in just taking care of business for himself. He was genuinely trying to hang out and learn everything about you. And he was in no rush. He was like, what are we going to do? Like, can we go eat lunch together? And we're all like, 
yeah like nobody <laughs> wants to go eat lunch with us That's they're usually awesome. in and out and we yeah. get it um but it was very uh he was just very genuine you talked about being an introvert yes which i find so almost shocking because when i see you social media is such you know especially vivacious doing the videos and then obviously to be a personality on the radio how do you fit two and two together yeah that's that was always a tough one for me because um on the radio I'm in a room with a microphone so I'm not looking at people's faces you know there is a team there that you get comfortable with and your co-hosts so yeah when you put me in front of a crowd I just shut down. And that was my the biggest reason why I always wanted to be behind the scenes. And my boss was like, nope, you're going to do it. And I'm grateful for it because he got me out of my shell. But when I'm around, um, you know, those who I'm comfortable with, my friends, my family, my husband, yeah, they, they see the crazy side of me. And it happens to land on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I love I'm, your videos. I'm so socially awkward. I am. I'm like the weirdest. And my husband, like... He calls it out all the time. I'll be, we'll be at the store and someone comes up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, like I listen to the radio. Like, I can't believe like you're Suzette. And I, I like, I freeze. Like, I get so weird. <laughs> my husband's like usually the one that has like a really good conversation with them. And he's like, you come off like stuck up. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like I genuinely get nervous. And he's That's like, so it's all right. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We've been working on it for like years. <laughs> Well, it's so interesting to me, too, because, I mean, and you can touch on this, just the industry, like you're going to the concerts, mm -hmm. they're probably asking you to host all the shows or events and stuff like that. So just how do you manage that, like, as a more introvert, socially awkward person, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I know I have to get it done. Yeah. You know, I go in with all the anxiety in the world and I lost sleep over it the oh night my before. God. Do you have like a Sasha Fierce? Um, when it, yeah, I guess, it? I guess it, it just, it just has to click in. I mean, yeah. Beyonce's my girl. I love yeah. her. Um, but it just like it, I know the job needs to get done and I've always been about, it's like in my blood to work hard. So when it has to be done, I'll get it done. But I'm like, Ooh, holding back as much as I can. Just like, okay, okay, let's do this. All right, let's go. Well, that's so relatable because I feel like people might look at what you do or how you got there and mm. be like, oh, I can never do that. I'm yeah. too shy. I can never do that. I am from a small town or I mm -hmm. don't know the right people. But absolutely you can when you just sit there and, and you muscle up for the moment, right? right. But it's right. like a lot of people have those hesitations to not go for something because they believe they have to be something to fit the mold. Exactly. And that's really my message. It's like you really can do whatever you put yourself um, if you really want to do it, like you will get it done and it doesn't have to change you in any way. I'm mm -hmm. still who I am. I'm still shy. I'm still introverted, but I'm getting it done and I'm going places. So really anyone can do it if you really set your mind to it. Yeah. You know, you talked about change and I think change is not the word, but more like transformative. Mm -hmm. How have you transformed from the beginning of your career to where you are now, starting in Tucson to now here in a huge market? I think the way that I transformed was I became comfortable with who I was because in such an industry, it's like, it's cutthroat. Everyone, um, everyone wants the spotlight. Everyone wants the show. Everyone wants more on air time. And I, I don't have that in me to be fighting with people or be like, 
I'm not competitive. So for a while, I was like, okay, I got to change who I am. I need to be this. I need to be that. I need to be more aggressive, more out there. I need to be louder. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started to kind of lose myself because I was trying to figure out, you know, what I should be Mm -hmm. or who I should be. And I, I, I came to a point where I was almost not depressed, but I was starting to, that's when... I was introduced to anxiety and I started to feel all these emotions that were uh, ripping away, stripping away my happiness. And when I finally realized with therapy and with um, support, I was like, I'm just going to be who I am. If they don't like it, they don't like it. If they don't want it, they don't want it. But I need to be good for myself. I need to be happy. I need to be mentally healthy. So when I finally realized that I'm going to be who I am and I'm just not going to care what anybody thinks is when I started thriving and when I started really enjoying everything in my life, not mm-hmm. just my career, but mm-hmm. everything outside of that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that was the biggest transformation for me in radio, thinking I had to be something when truthfully I just had to be myself and authentic yeah. and, and everything was going to align. What were some of those like real tangible warning signs that you started to take note of, okay, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I I do have these feelings of anxiety or whatever it might be. What what was like some real tangible things that you noticed in your life? That was, so when I, I I stepped outside of myself because I I remember being, there was like a a point where I was miserable and I'm like, why am I miserable? What I was unmotivated. That's what it was. Like to work. Yes. I would wake up and I, and it was just not like me to not be motivated and excited to learn something or do something. And I thought something was like physically wrong with me. I, I went to the doctor and I was like, I think something's off with my body. Cause like, I'm not motivated. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited to do anything. Like I don't, I can't think straight. Mm-hmm. And my doctor was just like, okay, we'll run some tests. We ran tests and, um, it's like, everything's fine. You're healthy. Um, he's like, just come back in a couple of weeks, change your diet. I changed my diet and I still was like, why am I feeling this way? Then I, um, then I started to, to really worry, like what's going on? I'm having anxiety. I'm having the worst thoughts. Like this could happen. This, you know, this could mm-hmm. happen. Um, and also I was like, I'm good financially. I'm, I just started, you know, working in Phoenix my mom's, I have my mom, I have my dad, I have my family, I have a boyfriend. At the time, it was my boyfriend. I was like, everything is fine in my life. Why yeah. am I? I was praying. Um, and I was like, okay, something's up. I couldn't figure it out because life was great. That's when my doctor was like, I'm going to have you see a therapist. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> this was, I don't know, back in 2016. My mom, my family never talked about therapy. Think about the Hispanic culture or even just like the more, the later generation or earlier generations. That wasn't something you talk about. And if it was, you're like, okay, well, you're loca. Like you're, you know, like it's only if, you know, fill in the blank. And that's the stigma of it. There was, we were not educated um, when it came to like therapy and everything. And I was just, or mental health in general. And that's when I, I learned about it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Started going to therapy, started seeing a psychiatrist and started to feel a whole lot better. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I, I think I got a point in my life where I was so, I guess, like oblivious to my childhood. It was not an easy childhood. So when I grew up and 
I was, childhood traumas came up. Yeah, everything yeah. came up. I started looking back and I was like, whoa, things weren't easy for us. Like, I can't actually believe we went through this. And so all that also started coming out. Um, and therapy really helped me. And I thankfully, I was able to introduce that to my mom. Mm-hmm. And it was very helpful for her because she has gone, has gone through it. So um, that's when I really started to work on myself. Yeah. But. I do see this this trend of like this newer next generation, mm-hmm. which is so powerful and amazing of like going to a therapist. It's part of health. It's yeah. wellness. It's not just when something happens or something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's now that we can, you know, introduce our parents to it or mm-hmm. people that, yeah, were cut off from the, that idea or didn't have the access to know exactly. that they could have a safe space to mm-hmm. talk to because you just kind of truck along and you pile up that trauma and then boom life happens yeah that's how it was for them it's like you put your head down and you work you work you know yeah. what i mean you just you know suck it up Andale, ponte las pilas. Yeah. oh wow it happens that's life yes but thankfully um with my patience because back to patience ba- back to patience <laughs> um introducing therapy to my mom was like you know and she was offended yeah and uh, i i wasn't upset at her being offended. I understood and, mm-hmm. and I had to um, explain to her and, and teach teach her about it and tell her, you know, what my experience was. It took a while, but she ended up doing it. And yeah. if I didn't have the patience to, yeah. you know, introduce it to her or keep um, telling her about it, she would have never, ever, ever um, scheduled a session. Wow. And that's, that's all that's she was like, wow. How are we now doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I wait so long? Yeah, and I'm, I'm thankful that she finally was open to it. That's amazing. It changed our lives completely, yeah. our relationship. That's amazing. How has that inspired you now as, I mean, that was, you were single or you had a boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't a wife yet, a yeah. mother. So integrate all of those roles into <sighs> what you already had going, like your identity. You were on the radio, you know, you had your developing career so how did it kind of all of that just align for you i mean if it wasn't if it wasn't for therapy and, and finding myself i wouldn't be i wouldn't have the family that i have now mm-hmm. um i wouldn't have been able to keep you know the incredible boyfriend i had at the time because he he was dealing with all my craziness. He's like, talk about patience. He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like you're patient? Oh, oh honey. <laughs> no, props to him. He, I love that. He has dealt with a lot um, with me. But I I had to check myself and I get, had to get myself right. And, um, you know, it's we have such, such a fun relationship and it's so strong. And I'm just so grateful for him. And we have such a healthy boy. And we're both, I think, um, in the right state of mind to be raising kids right now. And my mom's living with us. Oh. So, and that's not that's always amazing. easy, you know? No. <laughs> Mexican families, like, that is not easy. And it's the dream. It's the dream. It is. But it, it takes it work. Mm-hmm. And patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't for us going to therapy and, and me figuring myself out at work, we wouldn't be able to have the incredible environment that we have at home right now so how do you manage it all i don't (laughs) (laughs) i have my days trick question yeah yeah you know i try to make the best of it every single day and um it's stress i'm a stress bunny i have anxiety for everything but i just try to breathe and get through 
and get just get through the day and honestly try to enjoy the most of it because now having kids didn't realize how fast time went by you know back then it was like oh i have all the time in the world but now that i'm seeing you know my baby boy about to be two i'm like what so I'm really trying to live in the moment and whether that's at work, whether that's at the grocery store, taking care of my mom or taking care of my baby boy, doing things for my my marriage. I I'm trying to be in the now all the time. Just, you know, every day is not guaranteed. So I'm trying to soak it all in. That's yes. that's a constant reminder for myself. It's like gratitude is the attitude. Let's mm-hmm. let's do it. How do you stay on track with that? And I ask that because that is a constant challenge for Mm -hmm. anyone, especially this day and age, being a brand, a personality on social media. I mean, you're close to almost 100,000, right, followers, Mm. something like that. Mm. So I don't even like like thinking about the number. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) But that gives me anxiety thinking like, oh, my God, is that many people looking at me right now? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's okay. You told us you pick your nose in private time. Um, So it's like the shut off. Like, how do you shut things off? Because especially in the industry, it's fast. It's, hey, they're contacting you probably off hours. Hey, you got an interview. Hey, can you do this? It's just, it's nonstop. It is nonstop. And so to be, how do you keep yourself on track to be present, to be in the now? You know, I actually got this from, I think it was Haley Clarkson. I saw her do an interview. Um, She has said something along the lines like we always work ourselves so hard until it's like vacation time right mm-hmm. then we, we wait until that four day or week to reset and and try to get ourselves going again to mm-hmm. be on the go on the go and non-stop but she's like why are we always waiting for our vacation it's like why not take a day, a Sunday, where you do something you wouldn't normally do, where you treat it like a vacation day? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've applied that to my life now, where it's like, Sunday, I am not touching my phone. I am not looking on social media. I'm not looking at my email. We are going to go here, and I'm going to be in the moment, enjoying my baby boy, mm-hmm. my family, my friends, and that's it. And just doing that at least one time a week really... Um, kind of makes me de-stress mm-hmm. and relax. It makes me feel better going forward. And sometimes it's like, doesn't feel like it's enough, but you make it enough because yeah. you deserve it. You yeah. deserve that that time to take a breather because then we're too hard on ourselves, especially with our Mexican blood. It's like, you are, <laughs> you are trained to work nonstop yeah. and it's just in us. Yeah. You know, I love that. I, when I left the Cardinals, I actually did that because obviously every Sunday was game day and mm-hmm. it was all day into obviously the week and then, oh, game day again. So for me, uh, when I left, I, I, I stopped everything on Sundays. Yeah. And I need to reapply that because then, you know, life start happening. Yeah. And do my business. Oh, yeah. I'll, and then now I'll, I could, I sense that. I'm like, okay, when's the unplug? Like, yeah. when are you just like present there and I'll try little nooks in the day but to take a whole day that has to it's so refreshing oh yeah it has to like implement and be like a trickle effect into the week and it doesn't even have to be like on the weekends like you can make that right. a, a Wednesday a Thursday depending on everyone's schedule but obviously you know the weekends are usually easier but that's when you try to get all the fun stuff in yeah. <laughs> you know and it sometimes can also be stressful it's like we're doing this we're doing that I write it with kids party. <laughs> we got this it's like ah uh, Girl, a trip to Costco is stressful. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about what your day-to-day looks like. Okay. As you're, you know, going around, making all the moves, doing your show, 
just give us some insight, especially me, because I'm super curious into that that realm, that you know, mm-hmm. radio life and what it looks like, even just sitting on in the show. And I'm such a schedule person too. Like I me am, too. like I I, I like doing the same thing every <laughs> single day to know what's coming. You yeah. know, I like to be prepared. Um, for me. I love making breakfast. That is my thing. Don't ask me to make dinner. What you making us? I like when it comes to huevos rancheros, chilaquiles. Like I throw it down in the kitchen when it comes to breakfast. So you just like (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Okay. So chilaquiles got lunch before this. And you didn't ask nice. me if no, I, I just left. anything I had to go. rude. I had to go. Um, <laughs> so I, I wake up excited to cook. And my mom's like, it is too early. It's like 6.30. And she's like, muy temprano. Like, how are you yeah. making breakfast already? And I'm just like, I'm going to make it now or I'm not making it. <laughs> and exactly. she's like, okay. So I'll, I'll cook up breakfast. That's that's my thing. It's like me time. Yeah. I cook. I get creative. That's just like my way of like, I don't know, waking up. Mm. and and feeling creative and feeling uh, in control of my space. So I, I make breakfast, breakfast. We all eat together. I get ready for work. Um, thankfully, I have my mom there so she can take care of my That's baby a boy. Blessing. It is. She is an angel for for doing that. And I get to work. And the first show that I take care of is I'm I'm on in San Diego on channel 933 at 10 in the morning. So I get to work around nine. I prep. I do my San Diego show. Um, then I do my show in Tucson. That's Mega 97.1, which is a Latino pop station. Fun. Very exciting because it's like your Carol G's, your Bad yeah, Bunny, Bad Anuel, Bunny. Raul Alejandro, <laughs> you know, all those artists, which is first time How I ever. How do we get that here? I want to hear that. Okay. I have been telling them Hello. at work. It's like, yo, let's bring this station over here. You guys don't know how popping it is, especially with the amount of concerts that we get we get here yes. with those artists yes we would be giving away tickets like crazy I would be literally old school calling in <sighs> dialing in yes to get some of that absolutely <laughs> me too <laughs> but um yeah so i take I, I do that show and then i do my um afternoon show here in phoenix two to seven on kiss fm and while i'm you know doing my shows i'm also Doing social media videos, uh, Instagram reels, and posting. So you're there from 9 a.m. All the way to 6. 6 p.m.? Yeah, doing my shows. Doing my shows, uh, recording my commercials, um, any meetings that we have going on. Sometimes we have like three meetings a day where I have to, you know, record a little bit, go to the meeting, get that done, and then come back into the studio. So I am in and out of the studio like a maniac. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, handling all social media platforms because it's not just Instagram. It's like you got to do your TikTok um so yeah it's oh, a tiktok yeah so when i do um when i do get off of the radio station i'm just like ah oh, you know yeah i get home you have to be on you have to be on that's the toughest thing for me is being on i shut i shut off i feel bad sometimes because i get home and my mom wants to talk and yeah. she's mad and tell me everything that she talked about with my tias and i'm just like i don't want to talk <laughs> <laughs> i talked all day i know <laughs> she's like i she's like i have no one to talk to she's like you're one year old that doesn't want to talk back to me <laughs> that is amazing no i i totally can relate to that where you're like just no one talk to me i yeah. don't want to talk anymore <laughs> nothing left to give yeah how do you come up with your content every day for the radio I, um, for me, I mean, everyone does it differently, but I, you know, I, I prep where I'm trying to see what's happening in the celebrity world. 
um, locally, what's happening here in Arizona, or important news that people need to know, fun facts, just to, you know, be like, oh, you know, you hear something, you go home and you share that yeah. with whoever. Um, but I also try to personalize it and, and whatever's happening in my life, I like to share. Yeah. You know, like talk, like our refrigerator broke the other day and we literally tried taking it apart before having to buy another one. And I posted it on social media. It was just nuts. And, you know, talking about little things like that, that are relatable, that mm -hmm. people are like, oh, we are the same, yeah, you know? Absolutely. I'm not alone, or we're going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Recommending movies, you know, whatever people want to hear about, and just anything that will make them feel good. Especially giving away the tickets with how times are right now, and, you know, everything is incredibly expensive, mm -hmm. and people just want experiences, and they want to get out. They want to see their favorite artists. That's my favorite part of the job is being able to give someone Taylor Swift tickets, tickets they couldn't afford, yeah. and they're crying because yeah. they can't believe what they're about to experience. Like, that makes it so much more rewarding for me. That's amazing. Mm. I would love that. Just yeah. like Oprah. I would feel like Oprah. You get a car. You, <laughs> you get, get a ticket, car. You get this. You get a house. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you're able to give them that experience, yeah. right? Which is much needed during yeah. these times, like you said. And I'm always pitching things in our meetings. It's like, oh, can we give money away? Can we give, you know, gas cards? Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we give movie tickets? Like, anything that can save someone a buck. Yeah. Let's do it. I love the pay the bill. Yeah. The pay, paying the bills. And, all, and sometimes they're like, all right, Suzette, chill. <laughs> like, you know, he was broke. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool. It's the ripple effect and the impact that you can have on the community. Yes. That's well, I hope you um, give some love to State 48. I know. Over here. <laughs> what show you guys want to go to? Give us the plug. Give us the plug. No, we just love the connection here. We know that you are such a... A friend of ours, so we just love to, you know, have you on this platform and continue to share what you're all about. Well, thank you, that. thank you, guys. I love what you guys do, and I've always been a fan. So I appreciate being able to be here with you guys. Well, we're a fan of you. Mm. Official, it's official. <laughs> all right. Well, you're coming back, and I yes. hope you like your swag that we got you and shop for the hubby. Yes. I know. And then the baby boy. We have so we have two tees mm -hmm. that my boys have. They're like matching. Um, that Nico over here created. Hot mess. You have to get it for him. Okay. It is so cute. I need to get a, a newborn onesie too. You can what get that in hot mess. <gasps> what? Yeah. yeah. I haven't really like said anything, but yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that breaking news right now? <laughs> it's breaking what? news. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there are the tears. Oh my god. Baby number two on the way. I yeah. just got chills. <laughs> Wait, you haven't even announced that? I haven't announced I mean, it. Hubby knows, right? Kind of. Yeah. Congrats. Just the family knows. Oh my mm. gosh. That's so wonderful. I, know. I feel like we need to yeah, we need to go get you some one <laughs> That's gonna be going down right now. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Wow, we wish you all the best and just get ready, girl. I know. Next time you see me, I'm going to be like. Uh, we're going to have a whole motherhood pregnancy <laughs> podcast here uh, ready to go. But yeah, it's just it's more to the fun. Yeah, it's absolutely. more fun. More, like you said, blessings. Blessings, of course. And more patience, girl. <laughs> get ready. Now it's really the test. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Okay, I got you. I need some yeah. points. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you.